Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Atomic Shot. I am your host Ben, aka the Marvelous Ziggy. Joining me is Chief uh, Godzillaologist, Tyler. Tyler, welcome back once again, my buddy. Uh, I just got a weird message in a bottle earlier, earlier today. It was signed by the police. I, I would say that they just sent us out an SOS. Okay, yeah, I don't have anything for that. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, here we are with the penultimate film of the Millennium Era with Godzilla Tokyo SOS. Uh, one of the few Godzilla movies that doesn't I'm pretty have sure. Like a... I'm pretty sure the title's way longer in Japanese if I read the kanji correctly earlier. <sighs> Probably. Um, looking at it right now, uh, SOS Gojira Korosmosura Cross Meko Gojira Tokyo SUSU. Um, so Ma- Mothra is in the title, yeah, Mothra is in the title name of this, which, uh, interesting enough, I kind of gave that away. All right, let's ru- let's break it down, shall we? Uh, like I said, this is the penultimate film of the, of the Millennium Era. So one more before we get to Final Wars, and then we're off to the final arc of this show. Uh, this was directed by Masasaki Tezuka, produced by Shogo Tomiyama, written by Ma- Masasaki Tezuka and Mashihiro Yok- Yokotani. Starring Noburo Kaneko, Mihiho Yoshioka, Mitsuki Koga, Masami Nagasawa, Chichiro Otsuka, Koutasugi, Hiroshi Kuzumi, and, and featuring, and I say that lightly, Akira Nakao, music of Michiro Oshima. This was released December 13, 2013, 2003, with a runtime of 91 minutes. So, uh... Unlike the other films in the Heisei, Millennium Era, I do it again, um, this is actually a direct sequel to the movie we just watched last week, which was Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Um, Tyler, without getting too far into it, do you think this movie benefited from being a sequel to connect to basically kind of closing the gap, or do you think it would have been better off as another standalone piece like the other Millennium movie era movies have been? Uh, it's... It's kind of a weird one, because there are elements in this movie I did not expect to be a thing, and we'll definitely get into it as that comes. And through it all, I think this movie would probably benefit a bit more if it wasn't a direct sequel to the previous movie. But we'll get into that as it comes. Right, so, um, like I said, this is a direct sequel to the first one. Uh, so it, it directly builds off the last one. So as we saw in the last movie, uh, Kiryu and Godzilla had their epic encounter, uh, ultimately ending with uh, Akane, uh, our ace pilot from the last movie and star of the last movie, uh, flying Mechagodzilla into, or Kiryu, into the Sea of Japan and launching the Absolute Zero Cannon, but Godzilla ultimately walks away seemingly unscathed. Uh, we never got really, really close-up damage of him. He has a big-ass uh, cut in his uh, chest, That's, though, okay. so I'd say he didn't come back completely okay, unscathed. Okay, no, I must have forgotten that part. Uh, so we pick off literally from there, um, where now uh, the question is, should we even have Mechagodzilla? Why are we spending this money on Mechagodzilla? Because apparently Godzilla, Godzilla himself has not been seen. Um, and we center on... the Basically, the movie revolves around the fact that... Because the first movie didn't really touch on it. Um, the idea that uh, it's kind of fucked up that they're using the bones of the original Gojira... To, to make this version of Mechagodzilla. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of, uh, 
There's a lot of questions to be raised about this kind of thing. Right, really. right, right. So, uh, initially starts, we see uh, an actor from... Uh, I could. It wasn't from Godzilla vs. Mothra, but from the Mothra movie itself. So, I, so even though, at least in, in these two films, canon, the Mothra movie is canon from 1962, but not Godzilla vs. Mothra. It's so weird. Uh, so, because the, the actor who there is an actor in here who was directly from that movie, they even show a clip from it. Um, I do not have the character's name in front of me, but uh, like it's it's not important. Like because I think if you like you wouldn't have watched like it's a, a lot of people didn't have probably haven't seen got the original Mothra movie by this point just because it wasn't widely released. Uh, it's probably just a nice little throwback to the fans. It doesn't matter the overall plot. All you need to know is that uh, the Shobujin show up and they're basically telling a mechanic who is our main character. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, who's played by Noburo Kaneko uh, Yoshijito Kujo, uh, Chujo. Um, the, uh, they approach his uncle, uh, or his grandfather. Uh, is his uncle or is his grandfather? I think it's his uncle, right? Uh, it's his uncle, but I'm assuming that uh, he's a bit branched off. Uh, right, right, right. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's kind of yeah, weird. So, uh, elder, elder family member, uh, his elder family member is approached... By the Shobujin basically telling him, telling them that you have to return Godzilla's bones to the sea. Otherwise, Mothra's going to come over here and fuck all your shit up. Uh, so, and basically like, well, how else are we going to defend ourselves against Godzilla, right? Which is the big question. Um, Kiryu, despite that it being inhabited by a literal ghost, was the best defense that they had against the, the threat that is Godzilla. So, what do you do? How do, how do you deter that? So the Shobuji basically say, well, if, if you do that, Mothra will come by your aid. And of course, the, the government officials and the army officials don't buy that. They're like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna wait for some mythical monster. A giant bug monster? Get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah, oddly enough, funny enough, Mothra gets a fantastic introduction in this movie where, uh, like, right off the bat, we, we're like, it's, it's a sequence where these fighter pilots are, see, there's like a, there's a, like a bogey on their on the radar. It's in it's in the darkness, it's in the clouds, and they're chasing after something. You don't really know what it is until like you get glimpses of Mothra moving its wings and ultimately you see its head. It's a really cool sequence and it really shows how, just like how far we've come in terms of like the dynamics of these monsters. Like we watched, you know, it was less than what, nine months ago, where we watched um you know, the original Mothra movies or the original Mothra, Godzilla Mothra against Godzilla, and like how like Back then, that was cool, but now seeing Mothra fly through the air the way she does in this movie is fantastic. Yeah, technology's come a long way since the sixties. Yeah, and it, sh- it shows. Uh, like, it, like I was, I was thinking about this and how, like, watching these all in a row has shown me, wow, some things change and some things also never change with these movies. That's a good thing too. Um, so, yeah. pretty much, uh, we. So here's what, here's what the, I think this kind of falls apart as a movie. As we talked about last week, we had Akane, who was an amazing lead character, uh, arguably one of the most, re- yes. arguably one of the most relatable characters in any Godzilla movie ever, because of what she's gone through and her and her characterization. Uh, and you would think, like, hey, it's a direct sequel. We're gonna get Akane back. Maybe she's gonna get the closure, help Kiryu get the closure that it needs as a as a as a being. No. Uh, Akane is effectively written off within like the first ten minutes of this movie. 
Yeah, that made me sad. Yeah, so like, uh, there's a party that goes on uh, where Chujo, Chujo, uh, Yoshito Chujo, he's a mechanic. Uh, once again, it's, it's centering around the the crew behind Kiryu. Oddly enough, they don't they. Ch- in the trans, I know this isn't the translation. They keep in the subtitles. They keep calling him Mechagodzilla when you can clearly hear the the, uh, the actors say Kiryu. Like just say Kiryu. Like we know it's Mechagodzilla. We know it's its code name. Like sometimes they shorten it to Mechagodzilla. Yeah, too. It's, 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 it's like so weird. Uh, at least have consistency. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, whoever was doing the subtitles, was like I don't want to write the whole thing again. Leave me alone. Um, but yeah, that's uh, like he was lazy enough to not call him Kiryu, but. Also, uh, not lazy enough to just type in Mechagodzilla. Exactly. So, um, he's the main character, and so we do get some of the other characters. Um, like, we have uh, Mitsuki Koga, who's kind of like the, the new ace pilot. He's your typical, like, I'm a gunslinger. I know my ship. You know, like, leave me alone kind of stuff, kind of angry guy. Um, there's also a female interest, but they don't really... I think that's played by Mihio Yoshioka. Nothing much is done here. Like, overall, I mean, like, unless it was Akane again, anything else besides her was gonna be a step down. Yeah. And I feel like... Yeah, I feel like the characters this time around are definitely a step backwards from what we had before. And I feel like they were trying to go for something because they try it with with, uh, with, uh, Chujito. They try to make it like a similar connection where like Akane had that connection with Kiryu even though it wasn't like one for one. They both understand their pain. um, Each other's pain. In this one, it's more like I know more about Mechagodzilla itself because he's the mechanic. So, like, he has that attention. It's like it's like when a mechanic has an attention uh, attachment to a ve- to a vehicle. It's my baby. I I help make her. I maintain her, which is fine. But they never really give enough credence to that. We're just told that, like, and you don't really get any emotional payoff till like the end of the movie when he's like realizes that, you know, Kiryu is is alive. Yeah, if anything, uh, it sort of backpedals from what the the original Against Mechagodzilla does. Um, like, it was playing around with the, the fact that you shouldn't meddle around with uh, using this dead carcass as a robot, but they do even less in this movie with that. Right, right, right. Like, in... I mean, like, the whole, and, like, I guess the idea is introduce conflict. It's, like, I think the idea was to introduce conflict to him eternally. Like, well, I love Mechagodzilla, Kiryu, I love working on this machine. In fact, there's even a line of dialogue where his, the love interest, I wouldn't even call her love interest, cause she's not, she's not a factor in most of the movie. She's yeah, there. She's kind of there. Um, where she's like, you love machines more than women. And, like, I guess they were trying to, like, make him be conflicted about, like, well, we need Mechagodzilla but also, there's a ghost in there that needs to be freed, um, or a spirit in there. But like, up until the final moments when he's crying that Kiryu is gonna die, or like Kiryu needs to basically be separated from him, it, it there's it it lacks everything that the that the, that the previous movie had in terms of the storytelling. Yeah, he's. He's really not uh, that uh, strong of a lead uh, compared to Akane in all honesty. Yeah, they don't give him much to work with and what's there is just not not given any credence. Uh, like, I, 
I think the bigger conflict is honestly Mothra and Godzilla. Like that's that's your story. The fact that the Shobijin are trying so hard to convince humanity, like, listen, you need to fucking put that shit back, dog. Otherwise, Mothra's gonna fuck up your shit. Which I I, I love that idea, right? That like m- like the Shobijin promise that Mothra will be. Uh, Japan's protector if you get rid of this. We will back you up. Um, and the conflict that got... And of course, trying the, the sort of potential relationship that the original Gojira might have had with this Mothra, obviously. Um, or maybe they just see it as, as sacrilegious. The fact that they're using this ancient yeah. monster's bones to create a weapon of... Mon- this weapon... This monstrosity. Like, I could see where they're coming from, but, uh, you know, giant robots are cool. Yeah, but one, one thing I do like what this film does, it doesn't go into too much, but I do love the idea that basically Japan created another nuclear weapon, a nuclear deterrent with Mechagodzilla, with Kiryu. Like, yeah. and you you don't get, that's the problem, that the film touches on things, but it doesn't follow through. Like, they bring up the idea that Kiryu is a threat to national national security, because of what happened in the last movie, and also to global security, because like, hey, Japan has this fucking robot that could literally, with so many weapons, it could kill anybody in the United States. But they don't, and and they they kind of question, like, well, should we even like Godzilla hasn't been seen in X amount of time? Should we even have it? And it's quickly dismissed with, well, if we do get rid of Mechagodzilla, how will we defend ourselves? And that's it. It's resolved. I'm like, okay, I guess we're just keeping, we're just keeping this robot functional. Nice. Glad that worked out. Yeah, because like I don't know, maybe you could have. I don't know, maybe it's just maybe would have been too boring. But I feel like you could have done an interesting movie around the idea of like the government. There's parts. There's parts of the government that wants to get rid of Kiryu because they see it as a spending option. Maybe included like perspectives from other countries, or like how do we feel about you guys having access to this. Basically, super weapon, unlike anything that's ever been seen. Um, or probably do it like uh, what Iron Man 2 did, uh, where uh, other countries are doing, like, copycat robots. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rep- trying to replicate the technology. Because, um, like, obviously Japan can say, hey, listen, you motherfuckers, you're not attacked by a giant monster every every six months. You know, but, like, at the same time... Except America that one time, but we don't, we don't talk, talk about, about that one it. Time. That thing just ran away more than anything else. Um, but like you know, but I, I would have liked. I mean, like I hate to say that when I'm when I'm like when we're doing these because I'd rather talk about what's in the movie. Unfortunately, what's in the movie they touch on it, but they don't go far enough with it on on as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it just kind of backpedals from uh, stuff that it sets up, and it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like it's it's. I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. Like, like you know, I I love the inclusion of Mothra. I love the inclusion of since obviously you're going with the more mystical route with the fact that what we're dealing with in terms of the spirit of the original Godzilla, um, and then bringing in the Shobujin and Mothra. I do like that stuff because, like, I mean, you don't in the Showa or Heisei era you didn't see Godzilla or I mean Mothra and Mechagodzilla ate each other, um. But the characters just aren't there. The story just is like... Like, the main story is fine in terms of, like, its basis, you know, return Kiryu to the sea. Um, you know. But it just... Overall, it just feels like there's a lot... There's a lot there. But there's... It's also, like... 
I guess it's like, it's like fog. It looks thick, but it's not really thick at all once you start walking through it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and unfortunately, unlike the last one, this is going to be a really short episode, I think, just because there's not much to talk about this time. Um. Yeah, like, how, okay, let me ask you this. How did you feel about Akane effectively getting written off? Like, I wouldn't say unceremoniously. Like, it was nice to see her. But, like, how, how did you feel about Akane just, like, having that one scene, having, basically talking to the main character of the new, of this movie, and just walking away? Uh, I go about this in two ways in retrospect. On one hand, uh, I'm happy that uh, she got her redemption at the end of the, against Mechagodzilla, and pretty much uh, came out as a war hero. But on the other hand, she didn't really sell things to Godzilla, so... Uh, that part of her story arc is unresolved, and uh, it just makes me, me sad because I was kind of expecting her to uh, finish off Godzilla in this movie. Right, exactly. I mean, she she even says it in that line of dialogue in this movie, where she goes, "Me and God Godzilla never settled our difference, never settled our score." Uh, which I'm like, I fully expected her to like be the pilot again, but no. It looks like they don't even explain it, but it looks like she's a higher ranking officer now. To probably taking a more like not desk job position but definitely more leadership position and then she like she kind of has like a tearful moment because obviously Akane was not known for her emotions in the last movie so in true Akane fashion she looks at Godzilla and make it a quick you one last time salutes it walks by stops because she's probably having a moment and then walks away again and that's it and I I, I don't know maybe I don't know I can't tell for me if it would have been better or worse if she would have like been there like in with like inside the warm room, directing helping direct the attack. I because I think hey you would want the ace fighter pilot who helped take down Godzilla last time in your war room. Yeah, it's like uh, having a New York without uh, having the Avengers uh, save you from alien invaders or whatever. Exactly. Instead, you just get like uh, I don't know. Uh, Ego to Living Planet or something. Oh, you get the Defenders to show up. You get like we got Daredevil. Or that. Dare, we got hey, we don't have we don't have Thor or Hulk, but we got Daredevil and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Yeah, fine heroes, but not a not Avenger level. Not in terms of dealing with an alien invasion, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I, part of me wishes she wasn't even in the movie at all because of that. I, I kind of wish she just. This is why I think it would have been better as just a standalone sequel. Or a standalone movie where Akane could have... Maybe, again, she didn't settle her differences with Godzilla. But she did reconcile with her own inner demons, which was the true battle. And in this movie, it kind of feels like, well, she sh- if it's a sequel, let her get her one on her, her revenge against Godzilla for what happened. And, her destro- and him destroying Japan and Tokyo. But you don't get that. You get a like, hey, remember me? Okay, bye. I'm gone. I was in the last movie. Yeah, See pretty ya. much. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, it would have been crazy. Like, <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to do this because, fuck, I have to. Um, like, if I if I was writing it, the because obviously Mechagodzilla going haywire like that twice, or at least once, definitely twice, but, like, one where it was really bad. Um, the premier, the, the prime minister should have been, like, resigned because, like, that was his initiative. That was his program, so government official arguably should have resigned, at least in this 
fake scientific world because Lord knows that's not happening in the real world at all with consequences occur. Um, and have Akane, like, because she's so popular, she gets voted as prime minister, you know, or something like have a, like, dude, that like, have bad. her, like, that way she's the focal of, like, like, uh, of that, and she's still in the movie, and she still gets ex- at her so and so, while also being a support to the other characters. I feel like, I feel like they could have built something around her where she, she's still that stoic leader, but you build around her, but instead they just went like, no, you're, you're gone, bye. It should have been like what they did with uh, JoJo Part 4, with uh, having the main character Jojo from Part 3 be the mentor for the new JoJo of the part. Like, that would have been interesting okay. to see. First off, there's multiple jo- 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 JoJo's. Second of all, um, I'm glad to see that you and I are on the same page on that. Thank you. Um, so, let, let's... How, and, oh, let me ask you this before we move on to the sort of the fight stuff, because I want to try to talk about the story a little bit. How, do you, how did you feel about them basically saying... Let's put in Mothra, because at the at the core of it, it kind of seems like, well, let's throw something at the at the wall and see if it sticks, and it kind of feels like that that kind of idea. But how did you feel about the inclusion of Mothra in this movie? Uh it's kind of weird uh, considering the clip show that we saw in the previous movie, where they established that uh, the Japanese government pretty much just uh, built a, a special uh, army unit to deal with giant monsters. And one of them was Mothra, so I assumed that Mothra was bye bye in this universe at least. Right, it's it, exactly, and that was from the and that, that clip they showed was from the Mothra movie, not the Godzilla versus Mothra, because that's not in continuity. But the Mothra movie is. It's it's, it's so weird. Um, but yeah, but like overall, like you think it was the right to include our everybody's favorite moth goddess in this movie, or do you think you could it should have just um, been? Uh, another fight between Kiryu and Godzilla. I think if it was just Kiryu and Godzilla, uh, it would be completely one-sided on Godzilla's end because uh, Kiryu was pretty wrecked by the end of the previous movie. So without Mothra being there as uh, the sort of leverage that he needed, um, yeah, there would have been no conflict and Godzilla would have won. True, true, true. So yeah, I I agree with you and I, I think you're right. Um, and plus, it was just nice to see her. I think this is the first time we've seen her. No, no, no. We saw her in... We just saw her two movies ago. Never mind. I'm crazy. Yeah. We just saw her. Although, I think her... Oh, okay, we'll get... Because there's not much to talk about design in this one, so I'll, get, I'll just go and get into it. Because uh, I do like that they kept this design very similar to the 60s version. Like, it's very true to that version. Um, which so, But yeah. just a lot more cleaner, more, anima- more, like, more animation to it. Uh, all right, so let's get into the the fights because we, we got we got a couple of them, uh, nothing too crazy. So um, Godzilla obviously shows up. I, well, number one, I think I think this is the beginning of the era we're seeing Godzilla more in the sea, um, and we're getting a lot more. Go- especially like with the last two movies, uh, we're seeing Godzilla swim in the ocean. I th- and I think that some of the CGI stuff in this, considering it was two thousand three, I think it was pretty great. Yeah. I think it looked pretty neat, especially considering the CG from the earlier Millennium movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like, but like you know, it's it's such a great effect. So we got a we got a fir- the first bout, which is another classic, which is Godzilla versus Mothra again. Um, but the one thing I, I like alluded to earlier is that they did. I feel like they used a lot of their visual effects budget on it, but they did everything in their power to make Mothra look so slick and powerful. Yeah, kind. 
It definitely uh, feels like um, the original 1964 uh, Mothra vs. Godzilla in some instances. There were definitely callbacks to it, especially the spot that I remember the most is the hurricane spot, where, like, as we saw when we did Mothra vs. Godzilla, you can go listen to that episode still, um, when we did that episode... Uh, there was a point where Mothra basically bodies Godzilla just by throwing hurricane winds in it. And there's even, there's a repeat of that here too. Oh yeah, there's definitely a whole bunch of callbacks to that movie here. I think, I think my favorite, because it doesn't look that great, but I still found it great anyways, was when Mothra, from the back, launches on Godzilla's head, is seemingly picking at it, and then I guess it's supposed to be dragging Godzilla away, but then there's a quick cut, and then Godzilla's on his side sliding through through a bridge. It doesn't look that great, but it's also hilarious. I think you're missing a scene, guys. Uh, it, it was it was a little weird. It was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but overall, I thought it was really good. I mean, it was a typical, you know, Mothra flaps her wings, she does the powder stuff. But just like her dodging and her being in her being in the air was really majestic, and they like for the first time, because I mean in uh, in uh, GMK we didn't we got some stuff, but I feel like this stuff here was a little bit better, and you could tell, yeah, um, just because it was mostly fo- mostly focused on her. Um, but after a while, of course, Mothra's the power Godzilla is just there's one thing we've learned, Tyler, by watching these movies is that. You can slow down Godzilla, but you're rarely going to stop Godzilla unless he wants to stop. And, uh, like, eventually Godzilla overpowers Mothra to the point where she's on her back. Parts of her, her, uh, her, fe- her feathers, her wings are damaged. I, was gonna, I don't know why I said feathers. Uh, he, he actually bites one of her legs off, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck, that, that's, that was hardcore. I was like, holy shit. Um, th- I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, man. The part where she's on her back and she's basically shrug, she's trying to fly out, but she can't because of the damage to her wings. Like that kind of like made me go, oh god, like just like she's a, just a helpless cre- creature at this point with Godzilla bearing down on her neck. Yeah, it's brutal. So man. while this is a, definitely a repeat of fights we've seen before, I still think it was effectively done effectively in some of the new CGI stuff. Definitely helped out a lot. Yeah. As for Godzilla vs. Kiryu, well, there's a term in professional wrestling that we like to use when one side wins without a shadow of a doubt, and that's called squash match, because that's what this was for Godzilla. Oh yeah, it definitely was. So, um, obviously Kiryu took a shit ton of damage in the first movie, and they, by the time this movie comes out, uh, we start in this movie, they're still repairing him. Like, he's, like, I think, what was it? They said, they said a stat at the beginning of the movie, like, he's, like, only, like, 30%, so, something absurd, uh, completely repaired. Yeah, and at that point, he was missing one of his arms, and his absolute zero cannon is completely busted. Yeah, so, that, that cool technique, that cool special effect we showed off last time, eh, eh, it's gone. They, I think they replaced it with the ultimate Mazer cannon, which is, okay, that's fine. But I like the absolute zero cannon. That's that's kind of what he already that's kind of what he already had already with uh, the stuff that comes out. Of yeah, his mouth. he was not really impressed. Yeah, it's just, you know it's whatever. The Japanese government only had so many resources. Um, obviously, it's probably difficult to repair a, something called the absolute zero cannon. Um, but yeah, it's not even a fight. Like I hate to say it, but like Kiryu comes in all cool and like Godzilla just 
steamrolls it, uh, throwing it through buildings, crashing. Like, it's a joke of a fight. In, in, like, in kind of the best possible ways because it just shows, like, how the arrogance of humanity is no match for the, the power that is Godzilla, honestly. And if you look at it in that way, it, it's, it's, it's a good storytelling aspect. If you're looking for a fight standpoint, it's kind of like, oh, shit, okay, here, this is where we're going. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, I still found it entertaining, um, you know, but overall, like, it was, I mean, like, I'd never seen Mechagodzilla dominated like this before, so it was definitely interesting. But I think, I think at some point, you're, uh, you're gonna get dunked on by Godzilla at some point if you're a villainous kaiju. That's true. Um, so, Mothra dies, I think Mothra sacrifices herself to save Kiryu, because I think Godzilla is about to basically... Uh, blow him the fuck up um, until, which is oddly enough because you would think he would feel the presence of the old Gojira, but I guess he doesn't in this movie. Maybe, maybe he does, and maybe it's just. Um, but Mothra, Mothra does die because if there's anything that happens in these Godzilla movies, Mothra always has to die. Like every time I think we've seen her in the movie, she dies. Um, uh, and we actually get the larva. Uh, we actually get even before she dies, uh, we get the larva joining up with uh, with Mothra, which that was we had never seen that before. Yeah, we haven't seen the the children meet up with uh, Mothra in the, in the previous. Film. Yeah, which I mean, like that's that's not much, but like that's not, like like because typically, I assumed how it worked is that Mothra dies, then the children are born, and then they become Mothra, but. And, but I guess in this one, it's just like, well, I guess they figured Mothra needed help. So the Shobujin called out for the egg to be woken. And here we have the two larvae. Um, and so we kind of get another fight where the, the larvae are kind of trying to hold their, our own against Godzilla. And there was a great spot where they, again, did another callback where one of the, one of the larvae is biting on Godzilla's tail, ultimately for it to get flicked off like it's nothing. Um... We do ultimately end with the spot with uh, Godzilla basically getting shrink shot to death, which is which is never which is always fun. It's super effective. Yeah. Hey, hey, shoot! How do you how do you beat Godzilla? <laughs> Caterpie, go! That's I swear to God, if if I uh, that's how a Tyranitar should lose a fight at some point. Uh, it's just getting shrink. If it loses to a cocoon, oh, that'd be so funny. Um, so. Ulti- so after the fight, so Godzilla is effectively defeated thanks to Mothra's children, and then then it gets even weirder because then, uh, despite having no shown no signs of it, uh, Kiryu wakes up or like Goji- the original Gojira inside Kiryu wakes up, and he I, he gets the I call him the Alex eyes the Alex like red because like all of a sudden the uh, oh, the yeah. markings show up red so that's kind of like your signal that. Uh, the original spirit of Gojira is alive, and uh, let's let's talk about the ending uh, real quick. Um, Cause it's a real somber ending. Um, Kiryu wakes up, kind of like it doesn't go haywire this time, but sees the original Godzilla, walks over, picks it up, and basically just jetpacks the hell out of there uh, into the sea. Um, with uh, of course, there is kind of some drama. I get, I should say, where um, uh, Chucho is is on inside Mechagodzilla, but he can't escape because the hatch is sealed. But that didn't really matter at the end of it, you know, honestly. Um, but like, it was a real like somber ending because like 
Godzilla loss. Kiryu is returned to the sea. Mothra's children live on. Like, how did you feel about that ending? Um, I feel like uh, the ending was a bit justifiable, uh, considering that we've only seen uh, Kiryu's resurgence in the previous film. And since it's basically built around a dead body, I felt like it's only natural that it ended this way, you know? Yeah, like, I thought, it, I think it was the, honestly the best part of the movie, uh, in my opinion. You know, you get that emotional payoff where this, you know, this, honest, it's a Frankenstein monster for all, for all intents and purposes, realizes that, like, I want to die, I don't want to be here, this isn't right, and returns to... I don't want to fight, I just want to sleep. Yeah, pretty much. That's how I feel. Work every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like it's a it's a bittersweet ending. Um, unfortunately, I think if you had a character, a strong like character like Akane, I think it would have helped a strong human element. It would have helped immensely. But I still think the ending overall worked. Um, but before we get into like the ratings and stuff like that, what did you think of that weird ass post credit scene? I have no idea what to think about that. Uh, since we're starting off with yet another alternate continuity, uh, I'm not sure what exactly uh, this this uh, post credit stinger scene adds to it. Honestly, yeah, because like it's also it's especially weird because like we have the prime minister who's basically like saying like we were fools to talk about, to harness this technology. We created nuclear weapons that created Godzilla. It's just you know all this talk about how we need to learn humility, and then all of a sudden we learn that they still have the DNA of this of this monster. So like, what the what the fuck? Did you, did, God damn it! You guys still haven't learned. You learned shit. You wonder why Godzilla is attacking y'all. So it's 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 weird, right? Because obviously Final Wars has nothing to do with this movie. Maybe maybe they had plans right to do a third one, right? Maybe Kiryu and Mechagodzilla. We're going to come back, and King Kong was going to fight them off both. I don't know. Something, right? Or, or Ghidorah was going to be, like, the good guy again. Who knows? I, I don't think any there's any validation to that. That's just something I just made up. But it's an odd, odd stinger to put there, because like, it doesn't go... It won't lead anywhere. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into the ratings, and let's go ahead and close this show. Tyler, what do you give Godzilla Tokyo S.O.S.? I'm going to give this one a 3 out of 5. As a follow-up to Against Mechagodzilla, I feel like this one it lacks the punch that the other film had. Uh, Chojo isn't as nearly as compelling as a lead compared to Akane, and despite the Shobujin saying that Kiryu is pretty much a bastardization of nature, the movie doesn't really do much to reinforce that statement. It was neat seeing all the callbacks to uh, the original Mothra and Mothra vs. Godzilla, since we've already seen that Oh, nearly half a year ago, but it just raises too many questions regarding how this alternate universe works. Overall, this is a decent kaiju movie, but I prefer the previous film over this. All right, so and I, I'm I'm gonna give it a two and a half out of five. I'm gonna give it a little bit lower than you, just because I feel like there's so many things they could have done with this movie. Um, obviously, the worst being not including Akane in this, giving her clo- giving her closure against Godzilla, um, but just ha- not having anything. Sh- Maybe not even attempt. It doesn't feel like they even attempted to create something just as strong as her. And you know, may, I, I don't know. Maybe have have Kiryu actually go just go rogue the entire movie, and you have two threats. And you know, maybe have Godzilla be the hero again because he has to take down this monster. I don't know. Like, there's they, they don't play with it enough. We got a nice ending. You know, nice good happy ending for both 
Kiryu and Godzilla, maybe not for Japan because of the, re- the rebuilding efforts, but uh, it just lacks everything from the from the first one. Uh, okay, so before we plug our next show, Tyler, do you have any notes uh, remaining from this episode? Uh, we forgot to mention that there was a big dead turtle in the middle of this oh, movie yeah. that was presumably killed by Godzilla. Dude, okay, let me ask you this. Did you think that, did you immediately shout, oh my god, is that Gamera when you first saw it? I honestly did, I like, yes. And I was gonna make a joke about it. Oh my god, it. I was like, holy fuck, did, is that, is that supposed to be Gamera? Like, I can't, like, I can't help that they were taking a shot at the other company for it, right? Why else build a giant sea turtle monster that gets its neck bitten by Godzilla. Like, come on. Yeah, I thought that was what they were going for at first, but no, nah, it's just a new monster. Just a weird giant sea turtle, which imagine you're swimming in the ocean and you see that shit. Um, you see this giant sea turtle. So yeah, like, I don't... That was really weird. I'm like, why include... Like, Jesus Christ. Like, were you, were you just taking just, hey, hey, what if we take a jab at Gamera right here? Because they have never acknowledged Gamera up until this point. I feel like this is their first, like, this This is an acknowledgement of Gamera. However, inversely, in the Gamera films, they take shots at Godzilla almost all the time. Yes, because they're the, they're, they're the underdog. They're the, uh, they have to do that stuff. They're gonna do that stuff. Um, even though sometimes I feel like that stuff's unwarranted, but I've never seen those movies, so. Maybe one day we'll do the Gamera series from start to finish, because there's not nearly as many movies. They're just harder to obtain. Uh, Alright, let's go ahead and get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode of Atomic Shot. The Millennium Era is coming to a close next episode uh, with the 50th anniversary celebration that is Godzilla Final Wars. Here, if you've never seen this oh, if yeah. you've never seen this movie, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it because I don't hear anybody who's in between uh, in terms of Godzilla fans. Um, and then of course, like I said, we'll be taking our regular week, uh, era break. Oh, just a week this time. And then we'll be back. We're going to do the Netflix trilogy first. Uh, so that's planet of the planet of the monsters. Uh, the, the, th- the three, uh, Godzilla and Netflix. Anime trilogy. I was trying to think of the titles, but I couldn't, I can only think of planet of the monsters and planet eater. I couldn't think of what the second one was. Um, I think it's called attack on the city on the edge of forever city on edge on something. Um, the City on the Edge of Battle. There you go. So it's Planet of the Monsters, City on the Edge of Battle, and uh, Planet Eater. Then we will tackle the American Monsterverse, which is Godzilla 2014, Kong Skull Island. I know, it's not a Godzilla movie, but he's in it, and it's the same universe, so fuck it. Then we will tackle uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters 2019. or 29, Was that 2019? I think it was 2019, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was 2019. Uh, and then... We will end. We will end the initial part of this show with both a watch along of Shin Godzilla uh, and a review, a formal review like this of Shin Godzilla, which is me and Tyler. And yes, we will be back for Godzilla versus for uh, Kong versus. Uh, is it Godzilla versus Kong or Kong versus Godzilla? It's Godzilla versus Kong because Kong versus Godzilla was the nineteen sixty two. So we will be back after we do Shin Godzilla. For Godzilla versus Kong. All right, uh, Tyler, please plug your stuff. Be- so before we go, you can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Ty. Uh, I've also got a YouTube thing coming up pretty soon. Uh, eventually, I'll be done with uh, my very first episode of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review whatever games I feel like playing at the moment. 
In this case, it's going to be Tekken, and uh, I'll be reviewing at least the first three games initially, and we'll see where we go from there. Awesome. And you can find me over at twitch.tv slash Iggy2814, where I... Uh, tw- no, I'm sorry. That's my Twitch. You can find me uh, at twitter.com slash MarvelousIggy for all things related to the Marvelous one. Um, uh, you can check the pinned tweet for my YouTube video, which is on... The, for the Zelda 35th anniversary, which is Zelda music and me, uh, and then uh, you can then go. I'm also you click the Twitch link, uh, which you can find me live every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, or every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, at Twitch.tv slash Iggy2814. Where on Sundays we're playing Owlboy tentatively because I'm not gonna lie, I'm thinking of changing it up. And then every Wednesday we're playing Chrono Trigger. Uh, last stream we just made it to make us this castle, so if you want to get in that, get in that. Um, like I said, it's live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Uh, and then, of course, uh, be sure to check out the Charshot Gamescast for every Friday. Me, Thomas, and Justin discuss the news and video games and the games we've been playing every Friday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and I think that's going to do it. Thank you, everybody, for this incredible journey that me and Tyler have been on. We are planning the next phase of whatever this show is going to be. So we'll probably go on a little bit of a break before we decide what we're going to go on next. But we'll definitely get back to you when we officially confirm something. Uh, but as always guys, thank you for watching or I should say thank you for listening because there's no audio, there's no video to this. Thank you for listening and we'll see you all next week for Godzilla Final Wars. Until next time, go, go Godzilla. Farewell Kiryu forever.